0: I, n- yeah, I never yeah. get the date. What? State of the 23rd? Yeah, June 23rd, yes. TPC 122, 5:04 p.m. Eastern time, with my buddy Aaron Shepard and Paul Whitcomb. We are here to talk about Skunk Works of Lockheed Martin. And you know, I realized I've I've really on the F-117 episode I had, I did it on episode 118, not 117, and I can't believe I dropped the ball on that. And now for the last couple of days I've been a <laughs> Missed day buff- opportunity. Brother. I know 23rd and now it's episode 122 I really butchered it. But today so we're talking about Skunk Works obviously and Aaron being the aerospace buffy is knows all about it. I emailed the I emailed the former vice president of Skunk Works and I got and I talked to his secretary for a half hour and I might be able to get him to do the podcast. So yeah amazing that would be that's dope that would be awesome yeah and so yeah i, sh- I showed her some of like the more professional episodes and then i said and there are some where it's just me and my friends you know kind of acting like jackasses and uh today will probably be a hybrid of that but um so yeah i'm gonna field some questions <laughs> and see if i can get them on see if i can get them to crack open about the ufos that we all know is there but yeah man so <laughs> yeah so paul Aaron told me yesterday a nickname he had heard for the F-117 that I had never heard before, and it wasn't in Skunk Works. It's called the Wet Dream, and it's because it came in the middle of the night, and you didn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that um, I, I got that from the Fighter Pilot podcast. They did a really good yeah. episode on the f 117 uh, the pilot was phenomenal he told so many interesting stories and it's like he, it was it was so good of a podcast and i was like damn i should oh, have man. The
2: pilot. Like, I awesome. tried i tried but they said my eyesight was so bad i'd have to sit in the back seat of the f-14 yeah and i thought <laughs> oh, hey, no, that's no. not bad well
0: yeah screw that
2: man i'm older than you guys this was during top gun and all that craziness yeah.
0: Yeah. walk right out of the
2: theater right next door to the recruiter, man. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) Hell hell yeah.
0: Did you know the Pentagon actually has a liaison office in Hollywood? And there is incentive, like, for the Transformers movies. Like, they will basically lease all of, like, the, the, um, what am I looking for? The machinery, the weapons, the vehicles at, like, a greatly reduced price. You know the abrams the whatever the f-22s everything just to have in the background and stuff at a greatly reduced price if they get to look over the script and see whether or not it, it portrays america in a good light it's true you, you can get if so if we okay. have a movie with all this all you know whether it's transformers or iron man you know if we're going to paint america as the good guys you'll actually get a like reduced price which i think is it's <laughs> smart man hey Use it as your own PR office, you, you know. You don't want all that stuff, and then have it being some like North Korean like propaganda piece, right?
2: Right. Oh, it's brilliant. They did it for Battleship, which was yeah a dumb movie, but I loved every minute of it. And uh, Star Trek Four, they filmed on the USS Ranger.
0: Oh, really? And they—I wow.
2: read that in one of those books about how well we had to agree to portray the military in a favorable fashion. And they let them right on the aircraft carrier. Hey man, makes oh, yeah. sense. Why? Why, you know, why? What I
1: find is so. No, you go. <laughs> Aaron, oh, it's <laughs> getting a little laggy. So, uh, I can't uh, wait. Uh, uh, yeah, uh. I, 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 yeah. So what I find is so fascinating is like when they do these movies. So your Top Guns, your battleships, um, particularly with um, Top Gun and now Top Gun Two, like those actors are actually sitting in the cockpit they're sitting in the back seat so they're pretending to fly the plane but they're really pulling like eight nine g's like and if you look close enough especially at the trailer for top gun 2 you can tell that tom cruise is in the back seat of an f-18 hornet just by the way things look and it's just the training that they have to go through as actors to be in that to shoot in those conditions is kind of it's really cool.
0: Yeah, man. Say what you will about him, you got to give your props to Tom Cruise. That man goes yeah. all in for every film. You know that he's they're filming a movie in space with him. He's going yeah, into orbit. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, yeah. NASA and like I, I heard the rumors for a while, but then once NASA like publicly announces it, oh, it, it's real. So, yeah. dude, like I'm so excited to see that. Like that's gonna be dope. Yeah, but even
0: that, it kind of it kind of marks a big thing that like. It it's now just like the next thing in movies, right? Like Avatar was huge, be- that and Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow. Those were both huge because they're like entirely CGI, right? It's kind of cool how this is being marked as just mm-hmm. like the next thing in movies. But fifty years ago, like this was insane just to do it. Period to get in space. It's kind of it's kind of cool how yeah. that's just. It's almost cool that the cool thing about it is, is that it's going to be a movie and not that someone's going to space. Because the more mundane it becomes, the fact that it's going into orbit, I think that just means because we're progressing that much farther. It's no longer headline news, man in space. Right. It's like, dude, we got the International Space Station seeing 16 sunsets a day running on solar power with people from all corners of the globe. And it's just like, eh. You know whatever it's it's almost good that it becomes run-of-the-mill yeah right it's almost good that it like we don't talk like oh my god i have a touch screen phone right it's just like yeah man it's your shitty iphone it's already outdated but that's good because that means that it is just becoming you know the entire the entire what the tide lifts or rising tide lifts all ships right that's what it kind of feels like so the fact that he's just going to space and it's just like the next Tom Cruise thing, I think that bodes well for all of us, right?
2: You're Definitely. absolutely right. Did you guys see the the Japanese satellite that landed on that asteroid and yes. Yes. sending back images of the surface yeah. of this asteroid? Yeah. And I saw that and I thought that's very cool. Yeah. But oh yeah,
1: the best one. Uh, and I can't pronounce the name of it for the life of me, but it's the probe that landed on Titan, which is one of Saturn's moons, uh-huh. and it sent pictures that it took as it was landing. So they like compiled it into a YouTube video where you can see like you're coming through the atmosphere and now all you see these mountains, and next thing you know, you landed what and you heck? see a whole bunch of rocks and stuff. And I'm like, it blows my mind that we can, we can do that and we can create that and send it back. But then it also blows my mind that those things happen and literally like it doesn't make headline news it's it's, it's almost it's a reddit typical. post
0: it gets a couple golds on reddit and then it's the right ne- and then it's the next thing right it's just like the next big thing is hey look at this lady do a backflip on a unicycle and it's oh okay but yeah you're right it's <laughs> it's almost good that it becomes run-of-the-mill it's yeah what was the yeah what was the, what was the name of the one that landed on the pl- yeah. the comet it like orbited it didn't it and it like shot something down into
2: it i can't it. remember can't remember i can't it, remember i just remember
0: high up. well aaron you said that was the one that you saw in med school that kind of got you going right
1: oh that's uh that's uh six that was comet 67p PA, and yeah. i think yeah fillet lander yeah, Philly, yeah something it like looked, that yeah it looked remember. like
0: Philae. yeah because i remember phyla, it made me think yeah. of it made me think of uh, like a biological uh organelle or something like we are probing into it have you all seen that what is is it you, aaron you just said it but i don't think this is the one i'm thinking about not titan is it europa or like io what's the one that's like all liquid What's the moon that we think is, like, mostly liquid? Say that one
1: more time. I can't hear what, you. What is,
0: what is the moon in the solar system that we believe is, like, mostly liquid? It's It ha- has, like, methane oceans or something? Oh,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a – yeah, Europa is the one yeah, okay. we think. That's Jupiter. But then Saturn has another one, like um, – uh, I think it's called Enceladus. Like, uh, people are going to crucify me for not pronouncing this right. I just know what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, it's shot. They have a picture of, like, water shooting out from yeah. the moon into freaking space. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah. isn't one of the it's things.
2: amazing.
0: Yeah. Isn't one of the things we want to do is go shoot, like, a little submarine in it? Like, we want to, like, shoot a rover, but yep. the rover is going to be a submarine. Dude, that's insane. Yep. That is insane that
2: is absolutely what i'm volunteering to go if they're if they're even if it's a one-way trip i'm on that ship paul yeah Oh, you did you see europa report <laughs> yes i loved it
1: oh god except for the giant octopus alien that killed everybody like that that, 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 part was, yeah,
0: that except, was a downer except that part yeah, yeah. That,
1: that, that's a downer but it's like oh hey we discovered aliens but now we're dead so yeah. Do you, so
0: I, it's yeah that is kind of dark you know it pull it it full circle that kind of makes me think of that famous Ben Rich quote though right right after he retired from the head of Skunk Works didn't Ben Rich say we have the technology to bring E.T. home it's never really that's never it never really gets brought up but like the head of Skunk Works (laughs) says we have the technology to bring E.T. home and it's just like it's a fun quote you see online every once in a while but it's like hold on like pause <laughs> rewind what the hell did he just say <laughs> like and it's and, and who else who else would have an inside scoop on that stuff but Ben rich or before him Clarence Kelly Johnson like it, th- that doesn't really get brought yeah. up like
2: so what does he, that mean uh, I don't know I thought that it that, that there's a little misdirection going on in this book um, and that might be in a good example of it and the way that he Stressed so firmly that hypersonic vehicles uh-huh. are just ridiculous. Yeah, I thought he protested way too much there, and it, it, he overdid it. And you know, and you know very well, I'm sure you do too, Aaron, uh, that the CIA is very active in the publishing industry. Yeah, and I'm sure when Ben Rich submitted this for clearance, they said we'd really like you to say something about how stupid hypersonics the, uh, are. Hypersonic plane is.
0: I thought about that because this is the second time I was listening to it. And yeah, the pent Reagan put forth a request for a Mach twelve fighter jet, and he went on and on about how stupid hypersonics were. But I was thinking like, he's like, we don't even know how we'd survive. And I was like, well, hold, I'm thinking like, hold on, X fifteen was late fifties, early sixties, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The leading edges of that thing was made of Inconel. Inconel is what's used in like steel foundries. The buckets, like, what what metal do you dump liquid metal into? It's kind of you know it's like wait what is outside the universe it's like hold on if we have liquid metal what are we putting it into and it's called inkernail inkernail was used on the leading edges of the uh, of the x-15 but you're, you're right paul because he he does there are several times in the books where he lets you in on how he was misleading someone else right whether it's that guy from the navy that he was like oh i don't know what that is or um Yeah, Lying about different different Planes or projects just to kind of Throw people off the trail It did kind of seem like He committed too hard to saying How unrealistic hypersonics were You're right Paul Listening to it I was like this is It's almost like the little kid like Hey did you eat the cookies? No I didn't eat the cookies So like whatever but he's like I didn't eat the the cookies I don't even like cookies I've never had a cookie in my life What cookies are you talking about? I've never even seen cookies It's like did you eat the cookies? Like that's what Ben Rich does. He's like, he's like, hypersonics could never work, not in a hundred years. You'll you'll never see it work. And it's like, Ben, do you got something to tell us? Like it's it's, it's it seems it seems like you like have a seat, Ben. Have a seat. But because then he goes on to mention how the D twenty one drone, he keeps saying in the book top speed of Mach three point two, but then he drops, and I think I took a video of it. I think like chapter nineteen, he says that it went 4,000-plus miles per hour. That's Mach 5.2. That's right. hypersonic. That is two times the speed of sound For faster sure. than the SR-71. And he doesn't mince words. He's not like, oh, it's hypersonic-ish. He says 4,000 miles per hour plus. That is... That's that's Mach 5.2. No ifs, ands, or buts. So, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Paul. It's... Yeah, it does kind of seem... Yeah, it's almost a little. He overplays his hand.
1: Yeah, it, you know, thinking about it though, the when you think about air force or aircraft development, the United States has a great history of that. Um, the thing that I always tell people is that um, it's very common to think that Area Fifty One is a government conspiracy, but. If you approach it from the mindset of the government, where you have these top secret air airplanes that can go at the time, maybe like Mach, Mach 1, Mach 2, Mach, maybe Mach 3, and they have these weird kooky designs and you see them flying in the sky, like if you've never seen the X-15 or the SR-71, you wouldn't know that that's a plane. You'd, you'd think it was an alien. Yeah. And so when people were reporting seeing it and they're saying it's aliens, If I were the U.S. military and I were developing a top secret plane, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's aliens. That's not a that's not a military plane. That's aliens.
2: Yeah. It's brilliant. Letters. Yeah. just Like Asimov said, right, that any technology sufficiently advanced is Mm. indistinguishable from magic. So that plays right into our own hands. We want Project Blue Book because we want to mislead people. Mm -hmm. into That there are aliens when, in fact, if in 1962 we're flying the SR-71, which they claim remains the fastest, highest flying airplane ever made 50 plus years, almost 60 years later. Yeah. Of course, Project Blue Book is going to be fascinating and everyone wants to know about it. Yeah. But we know better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have an exact source for this, too. It's just something I've kind of heard along the way. But I think back when they were first testing jet aircraft in the 40s and 50s, what the test pilots would do is they would put on gorilla suits
0: That's, that's so true.
1: that yeah. way if somebody took a picture of them and they or somebody saw them and said yeah i saw a plane being flown by a gorilla it would sound so well, weird that, that nobody would actually believe it well that so it was another way to kind of de- like it's a layer of deception
2: to keep people off the trail of our brilliant though don't you think aaron i mean Nobody would believe me if I saw that.
1: Yeah. Right, it's,
2: exactly. It, it's just like the Bigfoot movies. You see that and you're like, obviously it's fake. Yeah. So I, I think it's just brilliant. It is. And, and I would I would love for there to be an update to this book that goes to 2020. Because when does it kind of end? Like 1995?
0: Well, he died in, I think, 95. So it had to have been before that. Yeah. Well, in in Annie Jacobson's Area 51, she actually talks about that, Aaron. How when they're flying the jet end the the jet aircraft out there with that uh that sweet sweet Nazi technology. Well, because Area 51 is inside of the Nevada test site, right? The Nevada test site's the size of like Sweden or something. It's massive. So it's a it's a it's a it's an airbase inside of an air base. And even if you're not cleared for that inner air base, you can't go near there. It says off-limits to you as a military base is off-limits to us, the citizenry. Well, they talk about how they'd go up there and they'd have these jet aircraft and they'd be leaving behind these plumes of smoke, but not only that, they didn't have propellers. And so there'd be other propeller-driven crafts going up there and seeing this thing, and they're like, where the, where the hell is the propeller? And so one thing one of the pilots did <laughs> is he like conversed with the the cia and was like i got an idea went back to like las vegas and literally bought movie prop gorilla helmet or gorilla masks and gloves and they're like let's just fly this and the cia has got their ears and all the bars around the nevada test sites and so you'd have these well-respected almost like the top guns of their days being like i saw this plane it you know it was right next to me no propeller on it and it took off like nothing 100 miles per hour faster than me and everyone's like wow holy cow and he's like yeah and get this there was a gorilla <laughs> flying it. And it's like, all right, buddy, like, you know, piss in the cup, like we got to see what's your what you're on. But that's what happened. And it's it's brilliant. It's it hides itself. The truth hides it's itself a
2: level beyond what the Germans were doing by putting the non-functioning propellers yeah on the the jets. Yeah. So it would look like they were a propeller aircraft.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. So that just makes me think, yeah all these diversions why wouldn't why would ben rich let in on all the secrets in his book why would he it's it's you know company man to the end he went out and and hiding the secrets
2: you know what i wondered about guys and i don't know what you think but one thing that this book really brought to my forefront is when he wrote about how carter canceled the b1 when he learned about the f 119 Uh or whatever it was at the time half blue and the i remember that as a as a young man i remember carter canceling the b1 and me thinking what is wrong with this guy he's a pacifist he's going to he's selling us down the road i can't believe he did this now president obama cancels the f22 sure. what did he know about yeah led him to that decision yeah
0: yeah right it's like um it's like when Reagan was going off about when he was on the campaign trail. And he was like, why are you canceling the B1B? Yep. Why are you doing that? And finally, they like brought him in. and They were like, hey, this is why we're canceling it. So just you know, shut your mouth. Because he was like, I'm going to bring back all these jobs. And they were like, all right, dog, come here. If you win, you can't do this because we've got this thing. And he was like, ah. Uh, okay, so yeah. just shut up.
2: But he did it anyway.
0: Yeah yeah well now it seems like he had to save face but yeah i think about that because we were supposed to have something like 900 f-22s right and obama cut it back to like 150 and everyone's like he's flashing the military and part of me is like i think he just got like a, I think he just had a meeting and he was like oh okay okay yeah no we don't yeah we don't need this like oh we got we have an orbital laser okay (laughs) yeah
1: all right yeah, or it, or it may have even been, and I don't necessarily have the timeline right, so correct me if I'm wrong. But it may have even been the, the coming of the F thirty five because, so yes, the F twenty two as a airframe is more maneuverable thanks to its thrust vectoring. But the F thirty five, the amount of information and yeah. and every pilot who's flown it says the amount of information that it it brings to the fight is almost game changing. Yeah, and just that that is I, I mean you think about the f-35 and the helmet the fact that you the pilot has a custom fitted helmet and it uses basically augmented reality to let the pilot look through the bottom of the plane as they're flying yeah and it feeds in all this data and it can talk to any plane um be it f-35 f-22 i think it can go back to fourth gen planes too and feed it information from the battlefield like in this day and age like that is key. Like that is how you. That is air to air combat essentially. Yeah. Is information where where things at. Like who's who's doing what.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's what the the B two or uh, sorry the B twenty one Raider, the successor. That's apparently one of the big things. Is it's basically you're just going to act as like this node, and they're like you're going to be able to just loiter mm-hmm. at like eighty thousand feet, basically invisible to radar. And yeah, you're just going to, like, it, it could almost, and I don't want to be stepping out of my area of expertise as a biology major, but apparently it can almost act as like an AWACS. It can just be, you put it up there, and everything can feed it, the destroyers can link up to it, and it can tell the satellites, and it can tell the F-22s, and the, the B-52s, and the this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, it's, it's all, like you said, Aaron, it seems like it's becoming more and more, not how many of these can you build, but just, what can one of these do? Can one of these do everything? Right. All right. Well, then let's get a hundred of these and call it a day. But Paul, you brought this up in another episode. We talked about just like overwhelming, like. So I watched Fury, as you suggested to me, the World War II movie with Brad Pitt, the tank movie, and it makes me think of um, Bill Burr was talking about history, and he was like, "Yeah, apparently it took five, or it took one German tank to take out of could take out four of ours." And then so the historian goes, well, how did America win? And the American general goes, oh, we just made sure we always had five. And it was just like, we can crank them out faster than you can. You can take out four. Cool. Let's have. And that's what what Bill Burr says is like, we just went McDonald's on it. We just went like billions and billions served. You want another one? Here's 10. And we can do it. The guy that I want to have on, the former VP of Skunk Works, said that in World War II, they were building a a P, what was it, P-80? I remember was it p80 no i don't think p51 because i don't think that was lockheed martin or lockheed but he was saying we built one of these and i was thinking oh yeah we we're probably rolling one off every day every one hour and ten minutes we were building a fighter jet <laughs> in world war two every one wow. hour and ten minutes wow. keeping those yeah. factories open three shifts 24 7. that's dude that's what is that that's little what is that like 23 22 craft a day 150 a week 600 a month like we were just okay so cool the germans have the messerschmitt it can take down four of these all right just make sure we have five like you know just go in there swarm them so in that vein and it it worked and we beat them so but now let's flip it what if we have an f-22 or an f-35 hey this can take on 10 of your your chinese fighters all right but paul what we talked about last time ukraine being the breadbasket of the world china is the hello kitty basket they can just produce everything in mass maybe it's cheap so what do you do if we have an f-22 or an f-35 or a b-21 what do you do when oh this can dodge 99 of your your sam's your sam's okay what if they have 100 do you well aaron as, as someone with gets more knowledge in this what do you think about that is doesn't How advanced is the F-35, and do the Chinese just ratchet it up? Okay, it can take on 10 fighters, you know, sick it with 11.
1: I, I won't say I have an expertise about this, um, but I will try to interject an opinion. Uh, um, so the thing with the F-35 in particular is it, from what I understand of its design and from hearing pilots talk about it, it is... Yes, it can come in and do some of those basic tests, but its main job is to basically, its main job is to assist the the other aircraft in the area for the fight. So, okay. yeah, we can dodge 99 of your SAMs and if you bring 100, that's cool. But now we can dodge 99 of your SAMs and tell our 30, you know, our 30 F-22s where your SAMs are, okay. even that 100th one and we can okay. we can shoot it down but um to be honest I, I don't really have much of a deep expertise on that subject but I, I think again from what i understand the f-35 is designed to be a node that can link up to other fourth or other fifth gen and fourth gen aircraft and really make their make their um attacks more efficient
2: okay yeah and i think we're in the future we're going to see f-15s and maybe ac-130s or b-52s just essentially bomb trucks that are carrying air-to-air missiles yeah to be directed by an f-35 okay. right as a false force multiplier because the f-35 like aaron pointed out is not designed to be an air-to-air weapon or even to carry enough weapons to do much damage itself and it gets a lot of criticism for that but it's not designed to be a primary point of attack Designed to direct these bomb trucks, which it looks like maybe it's going to be the F-15. They haven't they just mm-hmm. come out with a new set of racks that can put up to twenty-two air-to-air missiles on them, or something like that? I mean, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The- I think I heard that. Wow.
0: That's insane. But yeah, it's 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 weird. Yeah, because it seems like there are smarter ways to amplify your force. So I mean, the B-52s have been flying since what the fifties. Right, and they they just got refurbished to fly through twenty fifty, so these things are going to be going for a hundred years, but it's almost like, it's almost like how they'd switch out like the avionics in the SR seventy one or even the U two. They're still using the U two. They said there's not a day that goes by that we're not flying it on the DMZ, but it doesn't. You don't need two brain cells to figure out we're not using the same cameras from nineteen sixty, right? It's you get twenty twenty technology as long as it's still the same payload in terms of weight and maneuverability. Now you can, you know, 60 years of, of Moore's Law, now you're putting on things out there, but that one U-2 can do what a thousand U-2s did. So by changing just... But if the plane still flies, you're right. Why not just take a B-52 or... A, it's? This is just some big lumbering machine that can just carry weight. You don't have to make a new B-52. If you can just update the missiles, if you can get leaner, meaner, faster, seek more more maneuverable can seek their targets better can shoot from farther away could be hypersonic could be stealth why not just get those like those just need to be in the air whether it's on some you know cutting edge b21 or whether it's just lumbering along on a b52 that's been flying since korea like you're right it's there are smarter ways to to (laughs) there are smarter ways to amplify your force a thousandfold i didn't really think about that um So it makes me think if something like the F-117, where when they finally realized just how stealthy this thing was, or like that they had created stuff. Well, I guess with the D-21, they said that radar signature is pretty low. But once they finally realized that this wasn't like a fluke, and that the radar cross-section really was that, you you know, Ben Rich is asking, how small is it? Like a car, a bird, like an eagle? He's like, Ben, think about an eagle's eyeball. And I was like, "Oh my God!" And they weren't sure if you know how accurate this thing was. And then once they finally got their test verified by like an independent, I guess, radar uh, professional from like MIT, once they realized that they're like, "Oh man, you really can't see this thing." It got slapped top secret special access program and went right to the top of the Pentagon and just <laughs> get silent because it was like it was almost like the A bomb in terms of like the next paradigm shift. It was like, "Oh wow, it's." again a smarter way the russians are building 500 billion rubles worth of of radar and missiles instead of trying to like out missile them why don't we just you know sidestep like sneaky boy you can't see it you know so it doesn't matter what do you think what do you think is the next ma- i mean you would have like the jet engine that would be you know out in area 51 that's a huge one no longer propellers you can do you can do maneuvers or maneuverability that was never before even imagined if the next big one is stealth I would imagine after that would be drone capabilities what do you think is and this is just there's no right or wrong answer what do you think is like the next you know hush hush because like even the idea of stealth it wasn't that the idea was like magical everyone had been going after it for a while we figured it out and that's when it became quiet what is the next idea what is the next like air dominance like this is the new paradigm what do you think it is i know i've just been ranting for like 10 minutes but aaron or paul whoever wants to answer
1: it i'll let paul go first he paul. <laughs>
2: Well, I, I would have to say AI and, and the loyal wingman, which doesn't get a lot of press, but you've got this program out there to build AI drones that can be controlled from a variety of platforms, not just the F-35, but a variety of platforms, everything from Air Force One to uh, even some fourth generation craft, Navy ships uh, the attractiveness of being able to fly a loyal wingman into enemy territory and not risk a pilot is is amazing, yeah. and the technology is getting better and better all the time. You know, that drone that, that landed on the aircraft carrier successfully a couple summers ago and just didn't get much attention. Oh, we're just we're just going to make this into a tanker. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, wink, a
2: lot wink. more good than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that,
2: like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah, it'll, and it's going to carry a bunch of, of uh, air-to-air missiles and a, a couple of standard anti-ship missiles and yeah. whatever. Uh, and, and the AI uh, capacity. Did you guys see that movie Stealth? Yeah, the real TV one where <laughs> yeah. they had the CGI fighter. That, it, yeah, Eddie. Uh, the total consciousness and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. But I, love it. It. I think that's that's the next breakthrough is the 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 drones, the individual, not with a pilot sitting in Nevada. In uh, an air-conditioned trailer, but one aircraft's AI controlling all these loyal wingman drones uh. that can be launched either from under the wings of B-52 aircraft carrier or for wherever. Uh, that's where I see it going.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. The the AI integrating AI into air-to-air combat, and I would even say. As, and maybe this falls under the scope of AI, and I'm just not defining it right, but if you could have multiple drones that are in the air together and talking back and forth, and it's almost like a networked intelligence yeah. where one, like, one is its own individual intelligence and probably could do the job, but when you get four, five, ten in the area, all of a sudden they can talk and say, hey, well, I see that sand there. What do you see? Okay, shoot it down. Yeah. And being able to... Um, so... It's that AI, but to get to that level of AI from an engineering standpoint, I think the rate of data transmission, like when you get that level where you can tran- transmit, um, you know, terabytes of data wirelessly, instantaneously from jet to jet, I think that's what's really gonna bust open the door for AI.
2: Yeah. Okay, here's what's scary about that though. Talk about the the complexity theory of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Which. Um, in a nutshell is that everything is conscious to some degree and the more complexity that any system has the higher consciousness that it develops yeah so if you've got 10 you said 10 or 12 or 100 drones exchanging terabytes of information in a millisecond how far from consciousness that we would recognize are these drones achieving and 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 then what happens yeah because this is a legit theory you know this is not something i'm making up like usual yeah this is a real thing um and what you're talking about there has got to be at a point where some kind of rudimentary consciousness that we would recognize Uh as an intellect is starting to, to maybe oh, to, i don't know I Man, yeah. the terminator is yeah. stuck in my <laughs> well, hey, well as
0: well as you should be because aaron is aaron is just teetering aaron is skynet he doesn't like to talk about it but aaron is ushering in skynet you are and it frankly it scares me and i'm, I'm glad i have these podcasts with you so that i've probably accurately if the amount of video of you probably got like what seven six seven eight hours I can I can three D model and construct you, and I can feed your information to the authorities so that you can be hunted oh, no. down. When you, <laughs> all right, Aaron. So yeah, you've walked right into my trap. But yeah, you're right. When it becomes, when it almost works like a, like a bunch of uh, birds, you know, and they're all, fl- and it's not that they're all following one. They really all they move together, like simultaneously. It's not that they're following one another. It's they all move in these weird psychedelic shapes and stuff or or schools of fish or even like bees and stuff like they do insane things it almost seems like one mind what happens when like Aaron you said there's one that could do the job it can just be like a lone soldier but just like almost like the Delta Force guys I have on one person like they know how to survive. But what Dale Comstock said about his Delta Force team, he said, we flowed like water. Like, when you would put us into a building, it was almost like a natural law. We just just almost unconsciously would, like, fill the gaps. He said, we flowed like water and just killed everything in our path. And, like, what happens when you get, yeah, 100 drones and they just start flowing like water? And it's not someone back in yeah like utah or something with a satellite data link what happens when it's autonomous when it's software what aaron we talked about yesterday the bipedal organism the the million iterations of like a software cycle and it finally develops like the the little thing that can walk like you've seen those those like time lapses what happens when all of a sudden you can just launch a thousand drones from an aircraft carrier and just have them go swarm something like you don't even necessarily need to know the tactic like you don't have to say hey go here and take out this building in china you can just say find this guy and go take him out and they might take him out in a way that like you couldn't imagine does that make sense aaron you froze up paul you still there
2: still here yeah
0: you're still here all right yeah aaron froze what do you think
2: well, I, I think it's real interesting. And again, another Star Trek reference. I, I stuck in my head. But Star Trek Beyond had that that same thing. It was a drone fleet that they all flew, like you pointed out, in those weird ways that like swallows do. Hmm. And they it had essentially a mind of its own. And it ended up with a silly lesson about the triumph of rock and roll or something. But it was still an interesting concept. And and I really think that's the future, and I think that's what's going on, and that's why we see these these UFOs, which appear to defy the laws of physics. One because the laws of physics continually to change and expand. You know, we thought they were what they we thought the laws of gravity were what they were, but now we realize there's a whole world of quantum rules yeah. that we nothing mm-hmm. about. Yeah. So uh, I I think that's where it's going, and we're uh, who knows when we'll actually discover it. Probably not until after it's used in warfare i still remember the night of desert storm shocking awe, to watch those missiles fly right down the right down the tailpipe essentially of the yeah. iraqis and and how stunned we were and what stealth fighters could do and we didn't know what they were capable we had no idea and yeah. i think that hopefully that day but that's when we'll eventually find out
1: yeah yeah
2: I, I,
1: to, to piggyback off what you said if you look at history i mean think about Think about the manhattan project and the a-bomb nobody had any idea what was going on yeah. and you're talking what 80 something almost 100 years ago we created a nuclear bomb with 1930s and 1940s technology yeah. so now think about the fact like you know think about the fact that since then we've created transistors and not only have we created transistors but they've exponentially grown now to the point where we can get billions of them on a single chip and they can process billions of commands in basically no time so yeah you're you're not going to know what the you're not going to know what those fighters are capable of until we actually need to show them and as far from an ai perspective um as much as i we were talking about this yesterday as much as i don't want the technology advancement to come from warfare honestly we're going to see ai the first time we really see what AI does and how far we develop it, it'll be in a warfare application. Absolutely,
0: it'll one hundred percent. That's no, you both you both hit on something. The F one seventeen and Desert Storm, and then the A bomb. I mean, they talk about um, the A bomb and in, in Raven Rock, and they said you know, 150,000 people worked on it. And they said with normal classifications, you'll have 150,000 people or whatever your number, not that much, maybe you'll have a thousand people and they'll be working on something, but they don't know what it is they're working on because it's compartmentalized. They said with the A-bomb, the secrecy was so high that it's not that they didn't just know what pro- they didn't know what project they were working on, they didn't know that they were working on a project. They didn't even, it wasn't just, I wonder what this all is. We're kept in the dark. It was, you didn't know. It'd be like right now if I was, if my podcast, if I was somehow working for the DOD, right? And it'd be like, it, it wasn't that I wasn't cleared. It was that I had no idea. And they describe it as is like, but, you know, you kind of had to, there was really no way to keep the lid on it once uh once there was a second sunrise over japan (laughs) and it was like hey yeah by the way that was us like or with the f-117 it was there was really no way to hide it when all of a sudden like videos were coming out in iraq and it was like no one saw anything and then stuff just started exploding (laughs) and it was like how did you like, like the freeze frame shows a bomb going down the chimney okay, maybe that's a one-in-a-billion shot. But then a bomb went down that chimney, too. And then that chimney. And it was like, what the hell is going on? Dude, they talk about in Skunkworks how, like, they they knew when that, Because, again, in just American brilliance, is they were like, why... Why... Because they have all these satellites... Or not satellites, all these radar dishes guiding all their missiles surrounding Baghdad. And instead of trying to hit all the missiles, we just figured... What if we just hit the communications between them? A much easier way to do it. Like in World War II, why take out the tanks when you could take out the tank factories? Why take out the tank factories when you could just take out the one power plant, right? Go way up the chain and just kill it. It's a a waterfall down. So we took out the communications plants in Baghdad, but they knew it was coming. The guys at Skunk Works, I guess they were cleared on it. And they were watching CNN report live. And they're like, hey, hey, it's going to go dark in five. For you know the guys like and here we are in Baghdad and the screen cuts out and they all cheered. And it was like, dude, if they knew what that so point of me getting at is with the A bomb, the second sunrise, and then just this insane like what was happening? Yeah, there were videos on the news and it was like it's cameras from the bomb and it's what I had on David Libby, the the guy who's a F one S seventeen historian at Holloman Air Force Base. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, we could hit the guy in a passenger seat of a car on the left side of the highway doing 65 miles an hour and he's like oh and we love doing it and it was like we could just pinpoint him and be like you're gone and yeah and it was, so even if the bomb doesn't explode just the kinetic energy well, yeah man and this was like what Nine? when was desert storm 91 93 paul i don't remember i was one i don't remember what year it was sorry
1: yeah, i was a kid then. yeah i was like
0: yeah sorry you are sorry paul you're our sensei um,
2: that's how uh, I was in law school. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
0: sorry. Me, me and Aaron are, are we're a little too young for this, but yeah. What is the next thing? And I think you're right. I think we'll just see it in warfare. I mean, it's terrible, but that's when it will come out. It'll yeah. It'll come out on. I don't know, man. Maybe that's what those. What do you, what do y'all think of? It just makes me think. What would the next thing be? And I'm thinking as I say it didn't the pentagon release a couple months ago they confirmed that ufo sighting saying it was a ufo the one that was spotted over the nimitz in 2004 That that naval commander went on joe rogan and talked about it aaron do you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 i had yeah, the tic tac
1: yeah like my my thing with that though is like when the so my personal theories and they're personal so it's it's my podcast. Go just for it. I Don't I care. Yeah, I you gotta be really careful because, like, you know, who you knows? NASA's gonna be watching. They could be like, what, "What is what is Aaron doing? What is he saying?" Yeah. All of a sudden, I get an email like, uh, yeah. "Mr. Stafford, we need to talk to you." We need to
0: talk to you. you need to come but
1: yeah. uh, my personal theory about it is that it is either so high up that that section of the Pentagon just does not know, so they're like, "Yeah, it really is a UFO," or it was. It's a it's again, it's a gorilla suit. It's a, oh, hypersonics will never work. It's kind of a hiding in plain sight. Like, no, like we really do have this awesome aircraft technology that can outrun an F-18 and do all these crazy maneuvers. But we're not going to tell you. So we're just going to say it's a UFO and go on about the day.
0: Yeah, actually. Yeah, you're right. What better way to what better way to just hide it than the Pentagon going? Yep, it's a UFO. Like it's like, all right, well, done with that. Like I guess I guess we, we, we put that one aside. Or yeah, my my favorite like conspiratorial take on it is is yeah. It's just not everyone in the military was cleared for this. In fact, a very small number of people were. I mean, what if we figured out some some drone capability? You don't need a human in there, so we can do these insane like thousand G maneuvers. Would that not be? An A-bomb, an F-117, would that not be like the next, and when it came out, it would be a second sunrise over Japan, bombs going down chimneys left and right? How else would we perceive it? Because we look back at these things and we now know in hindsight, but you gotta think, what would it look like now? Well, I imagine it would look like a UFO and a naval commander goes on Joe Rogan and says, yeah, man, I think it was a UFO, right? What other way, if it was that high? Yeah, if it was, what other paradigm shifting thing would there be? It would be a hypersonic tic-tac that it could, what?
2: What's a UFO? It's, it, a UFO is not an alien aircraft. A UFO is an unidentified flying object. And to that pilot, that was an unidentified flying object. And probably to the mm-hmm. captain and the aircraft carrier was unidentified. And to whoever was above them in the information service in the Navy, The the book was full of examples of where one branch didn't know what the other branch was doing, Mm -hmm. and the higher-ups, very few actually knew about the the, uh, U-2, and and so I I completely agree with your theory that these things are being built, whether by DARPA or Skunk Works or something even more black than that, and even a captain of an aircraft carrier has no idea what these guys are doing. You know, look what they did with the pilots for the U-2. They made them drum out of the service and become civilian employees. And so, it, of course, they're hiding it from their own.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and what better way to test it than not even test it against your enemies? Test it against the best right. military in the world. If you can evade the U.S. Navy, right, if you can take on a carrier strike group and they don't even know what you are, Well, then, shit, man, you can go take on anyone, right? And it's, like, you go test it out at Area 51, everyone knows it's a test. What if you bring it in in real life and don't even tell anyone it's a test and just be like, let's see, like, let's see if this puppy can dance. Like, you go in there and just, you leave an aircraft carrier strike group just dumbfounded. Well, damn, man, if that's not, you know, if that's not your F-117 test, if that's not your Alamogordo, New Mexico nuke going off, like, but yeah it's that would i i feel like that's what it would that's what it would subjectively look like is it would be this baffling that's got to be a ufo right i don't know i'm i'm, I'm at a loss
1: yeah so I, i'm gonna tell you now if i get fired for my internship tomorrow it's your fault <laughs> you get that email saying uh mr Shepard, uh we need to talk to you uh yeah. <laughs>
0: you guys were talking about you guys were talking about project x yeah man i don't know dude it's i don't know but it just when you see my favorite thing ever was like it was like a picture of like a 1964 tv and this was in 2017 it was a 1964 tv you know literally like you're from like I Love Lucy It's got like the knobs And it's like the size of a bureau And then next to it is 2017 like 8K OLED curved screen And then on the left It's got a 1964 like Cadillac And then on the right It's got the, the dash of a The dashboard Sorry it's the dashboard of a 1964 Cadillac And then on the right is a dashboard of a 2017 Tesla And then it's like some Oldsmobile, and then some Lamborghini. And then it's like a rotary telephone, and then a smartphone. And then finally, the last panel is on the left, 1964. It's the sr 71 And on the right is just a question mark. And it's like, <laughs> you're right. Like, <laughs> we look at these gaps, and then it's the sr 71 back then. And it's like, oh, damn like when you see the jump in technology civilian technology well shit. what is yeah what could possibly be going on today yeah man it i don't know it's it's a it, it, it baffles the mind do you think that there is a hypersonic craft not not just a tic tac do you give any any like validity to the the aurora theory do either of y'all know what that is the aurora craft
1: I think I, I remember hearing. It, but can you can you say it again? Yeah, for the yeah, audience yeah,
0: too? yeah. It's 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 the idea of like we retired the SR seventy one in ninety nine because of spy satellites, but then you have these heads of of we have, have former Pentagon, I guess higher ups. So you have generals. You have and then they have the former heads of things like Skunk Works and Phantom Works, and they all always say satellites are great, but there's nothing like an actual craft because it's unpredictable you can go wherever you want and it's you go there so fast and you don't you don't know its route you're not scheduled like a satellite they said there will always be a place for overflight and when an sr-71 is just retired with no successor it just kind of seems like a bunch of bullshit (laughs) you know like Hey, hey, Tommy, you were drinking every day for 11 years and then you just stopped? Yeah, I just stopped. Like, you still seem kind of drunk, but no, nope, no bottles around. And it's like, well, dude, you just want to pill. Like, you know, you're just doing something else. Like, not to use like a, a terrible analogy, but, you know, the SR 71, it just stops. It just stops. And it's, well, that's that. It was a good run, everyone. Nothing else to see here. I don't know, man. I'm calling <laughs> <horse> shit. <laughs> I'm, and so the idea is that the Aurora has been the successor since like the late '80s, early '90s, and that it, it's capable—it's of at least hypersonic, so Mach five. But the idea is, yeah, it's a—it's a small, it's an overflight craft, and like the SR-71, it goes higher and it goes faster, and and there's all sorts of reports over like Groom Lake and nevada and southern california all throughout the 90s of they call them uh airquakes and it was earthquakes in the sky because the sonic booms are so loud they were setting off like the richter scale and there's even like reports of there's even like and it would always happen on like every it was always the third thursday of every month at like 502 a.m every month There was just an earthquake and it got to the point where they were even like plotting it. And they're like, you could see earthquake reports come in from the West Coast to the East Coast. And then there'd be a gap and then you'd be able to see earthquake reports in like London and the Nordic countries. And it's like, well, hold on. Something's just streaking across the sky and of course it's and then the thing that points to it the most i think is i think it was like one day in like 95 or something when all these things were happening on the third thursday of every month well then in november it didn't happen it happened on a wednesday and it's because no one wanted to work on thanksgiving and it's so it it the, on thanksgiving being a thursday these took place on a wednesday and that was the only time And it's like yeah they just didn't want to work on thanksgiving what do y'all think about that? Is there any credence to that or is that just a juicy conspiracy theory?
2: Well, I think there's plenty to it. I, I've even seen photographs from a, a guy in Texas who's a, he, he watches this stuff of the triangular aircraft flying over. It was clearly not a B 2. And I'll have to look it up. I can find it again. And, and it was very persuasive. Uh, there was a formation i think of three of these things flying over texas um i don't know aaron have you are you familiar with what i'm talking about have you seen that
1: yeah the triangular air yeah I, i've seen that and i i would agree with you just it, the engineer in me is like i'm looking back at our past and extrapolating out to the future and if we kept if we kept the Manhattan Project under wraps, if we kept the SR seventy one under wraps, I mean, when we were test flying the SR seventy one, or not even just test flying it, but when it was when it was flying in Japan, the locals thought it was like a god because they like saw the long fuselage and they thought it was like a flying black snake. <laughs> So, and I think the God's name is related for Habu. And so jokingly enough, the SR-71 pilots, like they get a Habu Habu patch to to show that they've flown the the plane. But to watch the locals kind of go crazy, like, oh, my God, is this the second coming of, (laughs) you know, our God? (laughs) What's going on? and then you think about the f-117 again like i can't imagine how many ufo reports were called in for people seeing it climb because yeah. if you look at the fuselage of the f-117 it, it's it's like alien. a freaking spaceship yeah so yeah i think that honestly the triangles is just the next step in development it's a maybe it's a hypersonic aircraft that pulls mock maybe it's hypersonic and uh, drone aircraft and it pulls mach 8 or something crazy like that we won't know until we it an until it comes up in warfare. But yeah, I I honestly think that's what's going on.
0: Yeah, it's I just don't see how it could. I just when they went from the U2 to the SR-71, Kelly Johnson literally said he was like, all right, like let's um we need to build the successor because we, we got shot down and eisenhower was like we can't keep doing this and same with Richard bissell of the cia and they're like in, in true american fashion it wasn't just like all right we won't do it anymore publicly we were like we won't do it anymore and then they're like skunkworks and they we're like hey we, you just got to go faster and higher and just like you know, Uncle Slam, Uncle Sam, don't sleep. And so Kelly Johnson was like, "Yeah, all right, let's." Because the U two already had the height record; it was like seventy thousand feet. And uh, Kelly Johnson was like, "Yeah, I want this puppy going up at ninety five thousand feet." And then he, and then I think the quote is, "And I don't want to just build a craft that's going to be obsolete in five more years once the Russians catch up with us." So he said, "We're going to crank the speed up to Mach three, going to have it flying at close to a hundred thousand feet." And he was like. I don't know, and give it like a 4000 mile range. And this was like the early 60s and they're like, "All right, like let's do it." And again, think like the early, like the Beatles had just come to the United States and played at Shea Stadium. Like the Beatles, like Twist and Shout was like, "Oh, those those kids, those you know, those uppity kids are are listening to Twist and Shout." Ah. Like this is before Woodstock and there's this thing going on what why wouldn't that be the next it just it makes i mean i get i get spy satellites i get the value of them and your ability to always up there always keeping an eye on them i just don't see i just don't see us like neutering ourselves and being like all right no more overflights to me it just makes sense like no. definitely
1: with spy sats too i i I think one of Sorry, you're, you're on a bit of a lag oh, from no, my no, end. No, so. you're good, you're good. Uh, so from spy ads I definitely think they're, like you said, there's an adva- there's a inherent disadvantage to them in that once you're in orbit, you're following the same path unless you change your plane. Um, what was it earlier this year, uh, when Iran was testing a rocket or something and it blew up on the pad, uh, Trump tweeted out uh, oh, a yeah. picture from one of our spy sets that picked it up from space yeah and that was a classified set but because he tweeted out the picture just from the picture alone amateurs were able to track it in two hours so that's why Fucking you're getting <laughs> jesus
0: <laughs> i know i know what you're talking about but yeah it
1: was yeah and sorry i interrupted and, you. And, yeah sorry sorry it, the lag is really bad but, i'm sorry um no, 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 worry. No worries. Um, but, yeah, so you're always going to have a need for something in the sky that's in the sky, not necessarily on an orbital plane, just a plane that can, an aircraft that can change direction at any moment, in whether you order it to or whether it orders itself. So that way there is that factor of unpredictability.
0: Mm. Yeah. And and not only that, what do you all think about the X-37B? Uh, the air, Fo- the air force's space plane takes off on a rocket from Vandenberg. Excuse me. Um, takes off on a rocket from Vandenberg. Like it just goes up like a normal payload, but it's. I think recently it was up its last trip. It, like it keeps breaking its record, and its last trip was like nine hundred days in orbit. <laughs> and it's it goes up. Have you not seen this thing? Do you know what it is, Aaron? Of course you do. You're NASA X thirty seven B. Yeah, it looks like a mini space shuttle almost, and the rumor with that and rumor just being from a bunch of people like me who have no actual inside scoop it's just making up shit and being like yeah i agree i think that's what it is but the idea is like this is like it's a maneuverable satellite like don't we doesn't like let's not let's not bottleneck ourselves with we got to just put up got to keep putting up these nro or national geospatial agency uh satellites and like okay we just got to put up a thousand of them to get all the planes. And the idea is like, okay, well, what if you put one up there that had the, the maneuverability or the ability to maneuver like an aircraft, but you just put it in orbit? So it's a an X-37 that can go up and it can, you know, it can sync up and just be sitting over Moscow, but then with no warning can be like, all right, go check out the South China Sea and it can change its orbit to go to that. Is that the next step? So you take the maneuverability... Of an SR-71, an Aurora, or a U-2, where you can, you know, get a bird up there, but it's always ready. And you have to imagine that if, you know, if this come came to pass, you wouldn't just have one X-37B. You'd put up right 20 of them, and you would have them all. This is your section of the Earth, and you just maneuver. If you couldn't track those, or if you could track them, but didn't matter, because then they could just go shift, like. Is that not the ne- is that the next step in surveillance?
1: Um, maybe. I again, I, I I'm my orbital mechanics is a little rusty. I don't I know.
0: I don't know anything about orbital mechanics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I know that with rockets, at least when they're to change their... Like, so with the SpaceX launch, and I know we're getting off topic, but There's, it's no, there's no topic. To
0: there's no topic. Just go with it. <laughs> yeah.
1: alien. Really, yeah. UFOs. Um, so with, with the SpaceX launch, the reason why they had that instantaneous window was because the Earth had to be, like, Florida had to be lined up on the same orbital plane as the United States. And if the Earth rotated a little bit past that, the rocket wouldn't have enough fuel to correct its orbit and, mm. and get in line with the International Space Station. So I know when you're talking about moving on an orbital level, uh, it's difficult to actually change where you're going. But that's not to say that it hasn't been figured out. I mean, you're talking to you're talking about the nation that created a plane, a, a big ass plane that has a radar cross section of a peak. Like yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. And maybe I I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm going full conspiracy theory theorist on y'all. Go for it. Put the um,
0: tinfoil hats on. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, tinfoil hats. Let's go. I'm not going to have a job tomorrow, y'all. Who cares, man? I'll I'll hire uh, you.
0: You can work for TPC. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: I wouldn't be surprised if, like, because when you're talking about traditional fueling methods, like, one of the biggest one most the weight of a rocket is the fuel itself Mm -hmm. because chemical propulsion is it's heavy it's inefficient all that but when you start getting into nuclear propulsion where you can generate large amounts of energy from a a single reactor like yes that has a weight but i wouldn't be surprised if there is a there is some higher level black project where there are nuclear space planes just flying all over the place, and we don't know it. We're testing that right now, and eventually we'll hear about it in 30 years.
0: Yeah. That's that's to me, yeah, that's what makes the most sense to me, is because those can, like, quite literally hide in plain sight. Like, it's, you know, the higher and higher up you get, it gets to a point where you just can't see it. (laughs) So, like, you can just be floating over the Earth, and no one can see. I mean, you're just Aside from like a select few agencies. Um, But it's it seems like because it's just it's always about getting the higher ground and space is the ultimate high ground. And it's one thing I think about is like sort of hidden, plain sight type stuff is I, I feel like I just don't I don't see someone like Elon Musk, who I love. And I'm not saying this in any negative way. If anything, this is pure praise. ...that has all these clearances... ...because he brings a lot of classified payloads up... ...for Uncle Sam... ...I just don't see Starlink... ...being, like, completely innocent. And I don't mean that in, like, a weapon system way. I just don't see, like... ...Uncle Sam not... ...having, like, their fingers in that pie. I mean, if he's launching these, like... ...right, this just massive constellation... ...that's going all over the Earth... Is that not a juicy platform to maybe have your thing go up there, too, with it, whatever your thing is? You know, hey, just plop one of our little cameras right here. Or, you know, NSA, hey, just just put this little black box on the side. That's all you got to do, serve your country, right? Does, does that make sense? Do you think that would be something? I mean, that is, what better way to hide it in plain sight than be like, oh, that's not us, that's Starlink, you know? Because if it's not Starlink and you just see these streaks of multiple things... It's not the 50s anymore. We don't think they're flying saucers. If you saw streaks of stuff, you'd be like, oh, that's an orbital weapon system. But if, like, meme master Elon Musk sends it up and he talks about it on Joe Rogan, it's, oh, this is just the future is now. Like, so cool. Like, I love the future. But what better way to just blend in into plain sight than, like, we... Paul, we talked about this with Raven Rock, how in the 50s and 60s, AT&T put these little boxes on top of almost all of the telephone poles in all the major cities in the United States. And they had special uh, digital arrays on them that could detect certain light flash signatures of nuclear weapons and send it back to the Pentagon. So on top of all of our radars and people reporting, it's th- and th- this isn't a conspiracy, this is a declassified thing. If a nuke went off, all these little boxes on top of all the telephone before they were vaporized they'd get that whatever it is the gamma pulse the x-ray pulse whatever they'd send the data back and then because they're no longer pinging with the pentagon you can tell by their absence of signal that a nuke has gone off there so we've had these things hidden in plain and paul i think we talked about this like what if you go back to the 60s and just grab someone and be like see that telephone pole?" I'm like uh-huh yeah Did you know that's actually linked up to the Pentagon? (laughs) All right, Grandpa. (laughs) You know, all right, take your meds, Grandpa, all right? You know, I think you're getting more flashbacks. No, it's linked up to the Pentagon, and there are, you know, the nukes? There are more nukes, and we're worried about the nukes coming, and if they flash off, these are going straight to the president. Okay, Grandpa? But that's exactly what happened. (laughs) So, like... Is there something with Starlink oh, yeah. that, yeah, right now it's like, Tommy, you sound like a psychopath, but in 50 years it's like,
2: hey, that asshole's right. <laughs> well, remember when you said that to me, I didn't say you were crazy. I said, oh, yeah, let me send you a picture oh, of the yeah. hatch that shows the telecommunications service installed in Little Dixon, Illinois, when Reagan was president, because he would come here occasionally. And no one knows about it, but it's buried in the bas- basement of the Methodist Church. And it's all hooked up to the White House and the Pentagon.
0: Yeah, I'm, pl- I'm pulling so, yeah, it up. Right? I
2: believed you 100 percent.
0: Yeah, you sent you sent me the pictures. It's these little little like physical infrastructure. Right. That you that yeah, you that's walk over on your way to work. But these are literally parts of the things that were built into, like, the presidential communication network and again imagine yeah. if you could go back to the 80s you know like red dawn just came out and you'd be like hey you see that you see that manhole cover looking thing that's that goes straight to reagan's office all right, all right dude like you know like past the bong but that's what it was so i don't know is there any is there any validity to that <laughs> <laughs> or no yay yeah, net. you guys cool with doing like nine more minutes nine more minutes Hello.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I can do. Oh, it. Sorry, can do you guys it just both froze up. Paul, you go with that. Yeah. All right. Is there any? So just tinkering with, and yeah, it's disclaimer like full tinfoil hat. Like I have a tinfoil top hat on right now. Like I've got a three-piece tinfoil suit. <laughs> right. Is there rest in peace, Aaron's job? Is there any validity <laughs> to to Starlink? Do you think there's any backdoor on that? Is there any? Weapon system any unconventional weapon system or surveillance thing that's maybe because maybe that's the next step We keep thinking it's going to be faster and higher flying planes, but that's a linear extrapolation the former Secretary of the Air Force said Loosely quote don't don't fall in the belief system that it has to be an aircraft It's about air dominance if it means pressing a button and the planes fall out of the sky that is the next generation fighter craft it's just not, it doesn't have a Top Gun pilot
1: with wings. Uh, you know, one thing, one, one thing that I know from, I don't,
0: Aaron? Yeah. Is it lagging? Well, yeah.
1: One, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, one thing that I know from the history of just design is, um, and I'm kind of extrapolating here, so full tinfoil hat, but NASA in particular has an interesting history of having ideas, and then revisiting them. like, at the time of being like, eh, I don't know, and then uncovering them 20, 30, 40 years later, and bringing them out.
0: Okay.
1: Um, you see it with aircraft, you see it with the technology that they build. And so I can imagine that the same logic applies to the Department of Defense, where They'll have an idea, be like, eh, how about that? Or eh, we can't do that now. But then somebody will come back around eventually and say, Hey, you remember that one thing? Yeah. So in the eighties, we all know about the Star Wars program. Yeah. Where um, SDI, you know, the, the idea, the rods from God. Yeah. It, it, and so what if what if, you know, you have the Starlink, which is a constellation of satellites that are supposed to be passing data along. But what if, you know, somebody came to Elon and said, hey, we'll give you an extra $3 billion if you just slip this thing on, don't ask yeah, any questions, yeah. and it's some some new iteration of the rods from God, which at this point are technically illegal because of the outer space treaty in the 60s. But, I mean, putting <laughs> putting surveillance satellites up in space kind of
0: –
1: that's a gray line.
0: Hey, whoever has the weapons makes the laws, and uh, it's illegal. Who, who the hell is going to enforce it? Yeah, you know, like – Hey, America, you can't do that. All right, what are you going to do about it, right? It's all right. But yeah, what if there's something that's going along with that? It, yeah. It, do they serve as docking stations for the X-37? Do they, are they contingency like satellites? It's, it's, I saw one thing and it was uh, Paul it was in the light of like Raven Rock all the nuclear bunkers and the continuity of government system one thing that would happen after a nuclear blast is you'd have these big silo doors open up over all these bunkers and these huge communication antenna would come out they were like un- you had your ones up there and then you're expecting for the megaton blast to just vaporize them we had second ones that would then come up so it was literally like redeploy Well, since then, they said that, like, there's another thing now where we're expecting, like, in the next age of warfare, the first thing you do is you would blast out your enemy's satellites. I mean, maybe you don't even need to physically hit them. You just, you know, you throw a net of megaton bombs and let the EMP do their thing. Well, I remember seeing something, and it was like... Well, the first thing the United States would do is we'd shoot up, like, an ICBM with, like, a thousand microsats on it. And the first thing they would do is reestablish, like, global communication between all of our aircraft carriers and all of our bases. And it's like, what, like, what if they're—so what's an even better way? The first best thing is you have a, a missile ready with all of those microsats, right? Which, hey, we've had missiles on the ready for the past 60 years, so it's not. that's not an expense we're worrying about. But the next best thing would be to already have them up there. Who is there inside of each Starlink? And this is—I mean—I've got a tinfoil bathrobe on now. Inside of each Starlink, <laughs> Paul, did you just change your background of Star Trek?
2: Yeah, I thought your flag was so much nicer than mine.
0: So. <laughs> it was badass, man. <laughs> I was just like, Paul, Paul, you with us? <laughs> but like, um, yeah. It's what would the next best thing be? it would be it would be having inside Starlink what if you just had a little like microsat for the DoD you just wrap that puppy in a Faraday cage and if everything blows up including Starlinks, so they're all fried well they those things just open up and it's you know ideally you'll never have to use it and they will be quietly shelved in 50 years I don't see that being beyond the scope of something that we would do is you just get in the back like Because we make we do things through civilian companies all the time, be it us buying titanium for the SR-71 from the Soviet Union, being us working with the mafia to guard the the ports in New York City during World War Two. Like it's all this goofy shit. It always comes to it always gets declassified that we did just that. And oftentimes it's far crazier than anything you could ever imagine. End of rant. Sorry. Hello? You guys here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What? We're both lagging.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. You said something interesting. Um, So I, my family is actually from Panama. So I, I know this story better than most but in the late 80s and early 90s with or especially in the 80s with the war on crack the drugs were coming in through coming from colombia and making their way up to the united states well the u.s government the u.s government played their hand in it because they were using that money to fund what our activities over in the middle east with saddam hussein trying to get him put him in power so that way he he can act in our interest and then just at the moment where we were about to be exposed all of a sudden we changed our tune and went after noriega and you know bombed panama and said no 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 we hate drugs but we were using drug money to fund our military activity out in the middle east (laughs) it's
2: yeah i agree with aaron completely it'd be very naive to think that Elon Musk is going to circle the globe with this network of very advanced satellites, and the government is not going to have a finger in that pie. Exactly. And Elon Musk is always stepping on his, you know what? He's always giving the government a chance to say, "Look, buddy, you you can pay this 150 million dollar fine, or you know maybe <laughs> you're you right. Work out some kind of a deal here.
0: You're right. He does. He d- it does seem like he manages to get away with a whole lot, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It does seem to... Even if it's just fines, like SEC fines or something. But it does seem to seem like he gets away with an awful lot. And it's I imagine it's because, hey, he's our little Tony Stark, you know? Tony Stark has a bit of, you know... He's a womanizer. I'm not saying that's what Elon is. Tony Stark. He's always drinking. He's always getting in trouble. He's always blowing up shit. And they just kind of look the other way. Tony, you shouldn't have these like radioactive elements. But, you know, you're our guy. And all right, whatever. You know, for every purchase of a hundred million, I'll throw in one of these too. Is that what Elon is? Is like, hey man, like, <laughs> you can smoke pot on Rogan. I, I understand it's great for your like millennial image perception. We're not gonna throw you in Guantanamo or some, you know, ADX Florence. Just you know, we've got an idea for you. We got the schematics for Neuralink. Mind putting this in there? Like, yeah, <laughs> alright, alright, sure, right? And Elon is unabashedly American. He says he thinks America is the greatest invention of humanity. He is that's what I love about him, is he does not care. He is he is all for it, so that's a good point, Paul. <laughs> Seems to be getting away with these slaps on the wrist that most people seem like would get fucked by. Yeah, if you don't think there's someone up there that is, hey, we need to sue Elon. It's almost like Reagan with the B1B. And they pull him aside. They're like, do you know what Elon's doing for us? And it's just like, uh, okay. Like, He's okay. He's he's breaking quarantine. He's breaking stay-at-home yeah. orders to open up Tesla we'll look the other way like right because he's putting up star wars part two any more on yeah. that
1: it's it's probably like he he does something stupid and the government is like yes now we can put up that new <laughs> we can put up that new space <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's almost it's like,
1: like yes yeah Eli, keep yeah doing keep saying dumb shit yes. yeah
0: yeah I, have, I had friends that were like man like i loved when like my parents like got divorced because they're like they just both kept buying me more presents <laughs> it's like it's like hey man i'd love when they'd be mean because it'd be like i just <laughs> it's terrible but i think that's what it is hey hey you're wait for it Wait for it. It's like they're all in the Pentagon Situation Room about to cheer. You see Elon take a hit on Rogan. And they're like, Woo It's just like they're all putting on the party hats, like popping champagne. Like, we got it, boys. Like, Reagan would be proud. We're putting up SDI. <laughs> the Congo line. Oh, wait, he's taking shots, too. They're like, yeah! Elon tweets, free America now. And they're like, oh, baby, it's game day. It's <laughs> Elon, please don't sue me. Don't and Asa, please don't fire Aaron. Paul, I think you're good. I don't think Paul needs us, <laughs> right, Paul?
2: <laughs> Let's hope not. <that.
0: laughs> <sighs> well, gentlemen, the AC is broken in my house, and I'm uh, sweating my ass off. So I'm gonna wrap this one up. But um, <laughs> brilliant episode. Thank you both. That was that was fun. And um, yeah, I would I would definitely love to do um Aaron remember yesterday when i was talking about that pod yeah this is why see like the lagging the audio remember how i said it can really just kick a conversation Uh, right in the nuts that's why i want paul i was telling aaron i want him to develop me like an 8k satellite internet through Neuralink, sponsored by the nro i want like a pod i don't want people (laughs) to come into a studio when my podcast gets big I don't want to have a Rogan studio. I don't want to meet these people. I just want someone to deliver like a pod to the guest house, and it literally beep psh, opens up, perfect audio. It's got like a, per- it's got a microphone. It's got everything: 8K satellite feed, terabyte a second. And then when it's over, psh, psh, it's over because I hate when shit <laughs> lags the sound effects were natural by the way those weren't fake he might have thought that they were fake because they were so good but <laughs> that, was, that was right here baby but yeah man oh, that's...
1: Shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so don't worry don't worry Aaron if NASA fires you just keep working on Kojido and develop those pods and uh, I, I will hire you I promise no bid contract
1: <laughs> unless you want me to put something up there that ain't supposed to be up there
0: well hey man do everything (laughs) do everything for Uncle Sam (laughs) if Uncle Sam's watching I will happily do anything for you I'm not sure there's much I can I can peddle for you guys but um who knows man maybe if I can get on that skunkworks guy maybe I can start clawing up like the black world of like projects maybe I can just keep getting up there until finally I can become an agent now I'm just going off my own fantasy (laughs) all right gentlemen TPC 122 Aaron Shepard, Paul Whitcomb. The conclusion of this, I don't know, man. You listen and figure it out. Tinfoil hats, UFOs, everything. So, uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for doing it. We talked, about,
1: we talked about aircraft. We quirks. did. We got onto
0: aircraft, skunk works. We got onto a whole bunch. and um, But, like always, it eventually just devolves into chaos. And um, that's what I like about it. <laughs> thank you, my friends. Stay safe out there with coronavirus and riots, and I don't know. Whatever the hell July is bringing, because 2020 (laughs) is the season finale.
2: Peace, my friends.
0: Goodbye, my friends. Thank you so much for doing it. Peace. Peace.